Hi, you're listening to We Just Like to Talk. I'm your host, Becky. And I'm Kara. This is a podcast for easy listening about hard subjects. Today's topic is... Conflict in the Workplace. So this topic idea came about because of a conversation I had with you as well as with one of my other friends, where in both cases, we were just kind of talking about dealing with situations in the workplace, which could be like out and out conflicts, like disagreements. But I was also thinking of like those awkward situations where you're with a coworker and it's not that you dislike the coworker. It's more just the case that you and the coworker are not super compatible personalities. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my other friend was saying, like, sometimes it's awkward as she goes back into the office a little bit more frequently uh, as the pandemic winds down. Sometimes it's awkward to be kind of alone in the space with people. And she used a great term. She said that she's misaligned with them. And I thought Mm. that was really fascinating. Mm. Yeah, it's so true. And I think no matter where you work or what your profession is, like you're always going to run into people that you just don't drive with, that you're misaligned with, as your as your friend has said. Yeah. So maybe the first thing we could start off with is, you know, what's our experiences dealing with sort of the more obvious or overt conflict situations? And then from there, later on, we can go into the more subtle situations where you can't just curb stop everybody. All right. I'm taking off my gloves. Here we go. <laughs> oh, gloves are coming off. Gloves All these episodes, listeners, Peggy has been wearing gloves the entire time, <laughs> but that is no more. That is no longer the case. Okay. All seasons Becky. too. All right. Okay. So you want me to get into it? Yeah. Tell, tell me okay. about a time when you were in like direct conflict mm-hmm. with a coworker. Okay. So I'm not going to name names, but it happened, I think it was 2019. Can I make up a name for this person? Yeah, make up a name. Yeah, Okay. go for it. Uh, Let's say Jordan. Okay. And I might need another name as well because it was two people. (laughs) Mm. Um, Okay, how about Axel? Okay, so Jordan and Axel. Jordan and Axel had seen a mistake that I had made. It was just a simple mistake. And I'm a very, as you know, direct person and very straightforward. So I feel like whenever there is conflict with a friend or anyone else, really, like anyone else who I respect or I'm dealing with, I have. I don't know, I guess I have this preconceived notion that if something's bothering them or they, you know, need to tell me something good or bad, they come to me. They're also straightforward. 
Ah, but not everyone's like that. So they had seen a mistake that I'd made. And then let's say Axel came to me and said, okay, I noticed that there was a mistake, but we've already gone to your boss. And I was like, oh, man, like, what a weird way and kind of snaky way to deal with this, right? Mm -hmm. So instantly, like, I'm on edge and, you know, my walls are up. And my boss, you know, handled it okay, I guess. And I don't know, it just left me with like a very weird feeling towards them because they're also from a very different department. And I was just like, how did this even come up? And then I was feeling like people are talking about me and I just felt a little bit alienated. And then so the next day I was like, you know what, I want to have a chat with both of them to their face one-on-one and that's exactly what I did I took Jordan aside by herself and in a conference room you know away from people and Jordan handled it okay like there were some tears on both ends and we had felt like I don't know there was tension and there was misalignment happening for sure miscommunication and then we kind of found like a common ground of like, you know what? Yeah, this this isn't a big deal. And this kind of got blown out of proportion by everyone. So let's just like, let's just leave it and let's move on. And that I appreciate. I appreciate when someone can be like, okay, I'm going to own up to my, like how I handled it. And I'm going to have a straightforward conversation with you. And then I'm going to let it go. I totally appreciated that rather than like denial and dismissal and deflection and all that stuff. Right. She could handle mm-hmm. it very differently. So that I was like, okay, I feel like I feel all right about that. And then Axel was totally different. So her and I again had a one-on-one in the same conference room and it was just, I don't know. It was like beating around the bush and not really owning up to what had happened and I just felt like the conversation was going nowhere. So I was like, okay, we're, we're just going to have to end it. And we didn't agree on anything. And we just sort of left it as is. And to me, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to water under the bridge kind of thing, move on from it myself, even though I didn't feel like there was much closure. I just kind of like lost respect for that person. But mm-hmm. I had to... You know, I had to be professional in the workplace and kind of move on myself. But that's like the example that comes to mind for me. Yeah, that's so interesting. The way that you can contrast how these two people responded to your attempt to deal with the conflict and how Jordan Mm -hmm. responded favorably, Mm -hmm. whereas Axel didn't seem as interested in resolving the conflict to your satisfaction. Yes, Absolutely. It was like Mm -hmm. night and day. So super interesting. But and well, that's something that I find so interesting about conflict in the workplace specifically, right, is because often Mm -hmm. you don't have a choice to associate yourself with those people, right? It's like if you have a fight with a friend or somebody that you know, socially, you can usually choose to avoid that person for the most part. And Mm -hmm. whether that's temporary or permanent, you know, you have a lot more control. Whereas in a workplace dynamic, often you're going to have to keep working with this person until one of you leaves that job. Mm-hmm. 
no, you're, you're so right. And it's unfortunate, but it's just like, it happens, you know, it happens in Mm -hmm. life. And it's just a matter of having the right tools and having like the right mindset when it comes to that kind of stuff. Well, and I think specifically, again, in the workplace situation, sometimes we mistake conflict Mm -hmm. as being like this healthy form of competition especially because a lot of workplaces are male dominated, right? So it's like, Mm -hmm. you got to like fight your way to the top and show your dominance and, you know, show that you're better at your job than somebody else. Mm. And when it comes to like women in the workplace, I think there's also sometimes there's this sense of competition with other women, right? Because like often so few women get promoted into higher positions. Thanks, Mm -hmm. patriarchy. That, you know, if you and another woman are perhaps in the running for the same promotion, you might feel like you're more in competition with that woman than with any of the male candidates, right? Because it's like, oh, they mm-hmm. if they're going to choose a woman, they might choose like one woman and then a bunch of men. And you're like, I want to be that woman. So it's almost like mm-hmm. the way that a lot of our workplaces are set up, thanks to things like patriarchy, they see conflict as this positive thing. And so people who are not as assertive or who are less interested in competing with one another mm-hmm. often find themselves very uncomfortable in those workplaces. Mm, that's a really great point. It just like also made me think of a made-up reality show in my head called Battle of the Bitches. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Let's produce that. Let's not give too much away to, okay, the, okay. to the listeners, you know. <laughs> but um, NBC, if you're listening, call us. Yep. <laughs> Netflix, we're open. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what about you, Cara? Like, what's some um, what's some conflict that you've had to deal with that has been tough? So let's talk about when I was living and working in England. I remember there was this one colleague that I worked with. And we didn't teach in the same department, fortunately. But we often had just like very different views on like social issues and how to manage your classroom, that kind of thing. So anytime we got talking in the staff room or there were times when we might have to like work alongside each other for like a a school event or something. And I always just felt so uncomfortable working with this person because like everything I said was wrong. You know, they'd always pick apart and nitpick everything I said, no matter how innocent seeming it was, it was like, no, you're wrong. Right. Like if I'm like, oh, you know, like maybe we should do this to help the students revise and prepare for their GCSE. And this other person was like, no, like that's a terrible idea. Don't do it that way. I'm just like, I can't win. You know, sometimes you feel like you can't win with people. Mm -hmm. So I I wish I could like give you a a happy story or semi-happy story, like in the case of you and and Jordan and Axel, where it's like you tried to deal with it and it worked out. But in this case, Kara was not as assertive as she is these days or trying to be these days. Kara was 22, 23, 24 years old. (laughs) This was her first two years of teaching. And so like... I just kind of, I weathered the storm and Mm -hmm. I never really got confrontational with this person because 
that wasn't my style. You know, I'm not a, an assert, an assertive or confrontational person. I will just kind of suck it up and, and take it mm. and then cry and complain <laughs> to my friends or something. So uh, I, I just, you know, I never really addressed that conflict with this other person. I just kind of endured it for as long as we were working together. And then I was happy when I moved away and have never seen or spoken to them or heard of them since. Hmm. And do you have any regrets about it? Or looking back on it now, like, would you have done anything differently? Yeah, like, I wish I had been more confident in myself and my beliefs about teaching and stuff and and more assertive in like standing up mm-hmm. because that this wasn't the only kind of situation there um you know one of the hardest aspects of teaching in England for me in general was that I felt like I was in constant conflict with the system you know the mm. the English system of education is so standardized and teachers have so much less freedom because we're constantly trying to prepare these students for their nationalized, standardized tests. And the pre- there was so much pressure on us to, to do it that way and make sure that students got their grade, you know, and there were like these, our school would get inspected every year or every couple of years, depending on how well you did, uh, by like the official like inspection department, right? And it's just like, Whoa, ugh, that sounds it, it intense. Just, because I was such a new teacher and I felt like my position was very precarious, you know, because I was employed through an agency. Speaking of power dynamics, right? Like I didn't feel like I had the power to really sort of speak up and push back against that. Mm-hmm. And and it, sometimes it felt like nobody felt like they had that power. Like, But I think I've definitely become better at fighting for what I believe is best for my students. And young inexperienced Kara was not ready for that when she was in England and that's okay right like we're not Mm -hmm. we're not supposed to be perfect at dealing with conflict or perfect at standing up for ourselves from the moment we start a job but that was very difficult for me that was one of the things that made up until this year thanks to the pandemic uh, those two years of teaching in England were my hardest years as a teacher and everything got better after that. Damn. Was there ever a time when somebody confronted you in the workplace? Like about something they were unhappy with about me? Sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. More so in that case, it would be like somebody who was superior to me in some way, mm-hmm. who was criticizing again, kind of how I was dealing with the situation or how I was not how I was teaching, but kind of like putting that pressure on me to like get results and stuff. Ah, mm. uh, yeah. People people would criticize my effectiveness sometimes. Um, and again, I just kind of like sucked it up and, and took took it and maybe internalized it to some extent. But can't imagine dealing with like difficult students and then like difficult co-workers not to say that all your co- co-workers at the time are difficult but the one that no, you most mentioned of them at were least lovely. it's just you know it's yeah again it's it's the the personalities i think are often yes. more important and, and so maybe that brings us into that second aspect of dealing with conflict in the workplace which is those more subtle 
misalignments yeah. of personalities, right? So I, I definitely have several colleagues that I feel, if not close to, I just feel very kind of like chummy with, right? Like I enjoy mm-hmm. hanging out with them on our breaks and stuff. And I've, I've missed that during this pandemic. But I would say there are also other colleagues where, again, this is through no fault of mine or theirs. We just don't see eye to eye or... Mm-hmm. And sometimes I don't know what it is, but I just, I don't spend as much time with them. And when I do spend time with them, sometimes like the the things that they say, the jokes that they make, their sense of humor, it just doesn't work for me. And I feel very awkward. So Mm -hmm. here's a question for you, Becky, related Mm -hmm. to this, because I am an introvert and Mm -hmm. I know you have definitely discovered over the pandemic that you have more introverted tendencies than you thought but Mm -hmm. you are definitely a more outgoing person than me so that's kind of (laughs) something i'm curious about is like when you're in a room with somebody who is rubbing you the wrong way or you're just like just doesn't seem to be working out like how do you deal with that do you have some kind of like secret for me Ooh, that's a really good question i just feel like i i don't engage as much Like I'm not, if I'm not interested in someone, I'm not like, you know, going out of my way to ask them questions or to make sure that that they feel comfortable. It's kind of like, I've just learned that if I'm not digging someone, whether it's their personality or their jokes or their essence, (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. I just, I just don't engage. I just, I'm polite I'll never not be polite unless somebody really like pushes my buttons. But mm-hmm. I just, if I can, if I can find a way out to just be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like I, you know, I have a call or I have to do this thing. Then I kind of just like leave the room. Like I'm specifically thinking of if I was ever in the lunchroom and there was somebody else that I just didn't really like or want to have conversations with I can think of this one guy in particular and he is just he's just not my cup of tea like he's like very surface level is that what you mean yes 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 very surface level so he's a himbo yes yes he's a himbo (laughs) totally I I love that term he's definitely a himbo it's like he just wants to talk about hockey or his girlfriend. And I'm, I'm d- yeah, it's like he's like precious in the sense of like, okay, you're like you're kind of a cute guy, right? Like, it's sweet that those are the things you want to talk about. But it's also just very boring to me. Yes, exactly. It's like he's not like a mean person. Or, yeah, that's total or himbo like territory. That. Yes, yeah, total, total himbo. And I guess like, you know, he's maybe made like some comments not about me but just you know like about women and I'm just like oh like what are we stuck back in the 1960s like it's just it's something that I've realized it's just like you you can't reason with stupid (laughs) you know you can't argue with stupid it's just you gotta leave it and it's just I can't you know explain to him things and it's not even worth my time, like really diving in deep and having like a different relationship or friendship with this person. It's just like, I just got to leave it. 
yeah, that reminds me of a time there were a bunch of us eating lunch together and one colleague, for some reason, I don't know how we got on the subject, but he was like defending the use of rape as a plot device in TV shows, especially like Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And, and he's, you know, it's like, read the room, buddy. You're in a room full of women here. Like, Would have loved to have been there. Would have ripped him a new one. Yeah, sometimes there are people... People who are will say things that are a little bit clueless, and mm. that's that's interesting to me, right? Because I feel like you know when we're talking about like low key conflicts, this kind of relates to the idea of microaggressions, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And how people with privilege in our society can often engage in microaggressions against. Uh, people who experience some form of marginalization, right? Mm-hmm. So making certain assumptions about like your black coworker or, you know, in my case as a trans woman, when people misgender me or use my dead name, even accidentally, mm-hmm. that's a microaggression, right? And it makes me think about how like, like you said, like sometimes there's no arguing with people on things and you don't want to bring up or are like, create conflict you just kind of want to nod and smile and nod and smile but mm-hmm. to what extent do we have to put up with that especially in our position of like being female in the workplace right or when do we have a responsibility as like white women to step in and diffuse or challenge people who are committing a microaggression against like a racialized coworker? yeah i mean It's, uh, I don't think I have a very clear answer on that, but it's difficult because you don't want to always be the person that's educating, let's say Mm -hmm. like a white man, right? Yeah. I'm just using an example, but. Well, no, because I know you and I have talked about this before, right? About how like Mm -hmm. we have friends who have different privileges from us and it's like, we like our friends and we want them to be better. So we want to kind of push them to be better, but it's also exhausting to be the person who's always educating. Yeah. I I don't want it to sound like selfish or whatever, but to some extent you do have to think about like how much energy do you have? How much energy do you have at that point when somebody said something race, racist, sexist, whatever it may be. I mean, if it's geared towards someone, then I always say like, Yes, of course, like step in, be an ally Mm -hmm. for sure, regardless of you're tired or whatever. But I'm just thinking like when it's when it hits home, it's a little bit more personal. Somebody says something that's a little bit sexist or or an off remark. It's like, I think just checking in and being like, do I have the bandwidth to Mm -hmm. reeducate this person? Do I have the bandwidth to have a debate? Because maybe you don't know the person or maybe you do know the person. And so you can kind of gauge like their reaction, but it's really depends on the situation and on the person. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I agree with a lot of what you said. I just, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it, it is tough, but I just, it makes me think about how like, maybe this is something I should get, try to get better at. Right. Is, you know, because I know from personal experience how draining being on the receiving end of microaggressions can be. And mm-hmm. I know you know that as well, right? I remember mm-hmm. you telling me about like being in meetings and having like 
you know, you'll say something and then mm-hmm. be ignored. And then like your, your male coworker will repeat what you said. Say the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes they're doing that on purpose to be an ally. Right. But it's like, yes. you know, you have to decide like, are you going to kind of make a stink about it? And if you yes. make a stink about it, are you going to get labeled as a difficult woman or even like a bitch? Right. Yeah. So, you know, I think we both have our own experience with microaggressions, but we both have that privilege of being white and therefore having a lot of latitude in our white supremacist workplaces versus racialized people. And it's like, yeah, maybe I need to get better at kind of first noticing microaggressions towards our my racialized mm-hmm. colleagues or students. Because mm-hmm. I think that's part of it is we white people can be very oblivious sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then I need to get better at stepping in. And part of that is I'm not naturally confrontationally averse, as we were saying. I'm trying to get better at being assertive, but, mm-hmm. you know, stepping in. Um, I-, I can kind of give a more concrete example because I have very diverse classrooms often. Mm-hmm. I have students who are white. I have students mm-hmm. who are indigenous. I have students who are black, um, often students who are from different countries and they're like newcomers to Canada. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of like taking adult education classes to get uh, enough high school credits to get an Ontario diploma. So, you know, I'll have students who speak different languages and have different skin colors and who have different ways of dressing. And so we can have very diverse classrooms and sometimes that can lead to some conflict and some microaggressions. And it's like, as a teacher, I have a responsibility to create a safe space for my students right so it's like yes i should step in if i hear somebody make an inappropriate remark because i want to make sure that the student who's on the receiving end of that remark feels safe and acknowledged um but i i will acknowledge like i'm not perfect at that by any means and i think that's one of my i don't want to say failings as a teacher but it's it's a weakness as a teacher and unfortunately because there's so many white women teachers out there. It's one of the the weaknesses and failings of our education system, I think. So when it comes to like, to bring this back to like conflict in the workplace, I think part of managing those smaller conflicts that might be like personality things has to be like asking yourself, what is my responsibility within this workplace based on the privileges I have or don't have? Right. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like what you were saying earlier about like, how much energy do I have to educate my coworkers? Mm -hmm. So, like, there will be situations where you are receiving a microaggression and you have to decide, do I have the energy to respond or hope that an ally in the room will help you out? Mm -hmm. And then there will be situations where you are kind of the bystander, or maybe you're the one committing the microaggression because that can happen even Mm -hmm. accidentally. And it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, you got to decide like, how can I use my privilege to be a good ally to these other people in my, in my workplace? Mm. I love that. And I so agree with you. And I also want to state like, yeah, I am maybe like more assertive in general, but Mm -hmm. you know, I also haven't always been like this and I've had to learn and I've had to, you know, rise up to certain occasions and to realize like, you know what, I have a voice, I can use it and I can use it for the good of others as well. Like I have no problem kind of like going toe to toe with like a male 
boss who's who's white mm-hmm. or I mean I I will say like most female bosses that I've had have been pretty good so <laughs> I can't really Excellent. say that but <laughs> I'm just thinking of like one in particular and yeah. you know I have no problem saying something and yeah maybe it's a little bit uncomfortable for my other two co-workers but it's like I know that they're not as assertive and they are not white women. And so it's like, I don't always want to be having confrontation and making things awkward, of course, but it's like when I feel it's necessary, like when I feel like he has crossed the line with a certain thing, like I don't have an issue pointing that out. Yes. Although I will Mm -hmm. add, like, even for people who feel fairly comfortable being assertive, it's still really Mm -hmm. fucking hard sometimes to do it in the moment. And Totally. I've seen that with you. I've seen your growth in terms of how you assert yourself in workplaces. Because I remember a few, not even a few years ago, even just like last year, I remember having Mm -hmm. some fairly extensive phone conversations with you where you're just venting to me about how awful of an experience you've had at work that day because of a certain person. Mm-hmm. And I remember kind of being like, wow, like he was being really sexist towards you, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's like such a typical thing for a guy to do who's in a position of power, right? And it's like, and you were like agreeing with me and stuff. We were we were kind of talking about how we could deal with that and it's like strategies and stuff. But it's like, it's so much easier when you're dissecting it after the fact with a supportive friend to be like, yeah, I could have done this. I could have said this. But it's like when you're actually in that moment and that pressure's on you, it's tough. Totally. Totally. You think of all the things you're like, you run it back in your mind and you're like, oh, I could have said this. I could have done this differently. But I think that's exactly how we learn, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, like I didn't do those things then, but I can definitely do them going forward if I'm in like a similar situation or maybe it's a little bit different, but you have like a base and then you can like work off of that. So we've talked so far about our experiences, having conflict with other other people. Yeah. And you briefly asked me, like, did anybody ever kind of confront you about something? So that made me think about, like, you know, hypothetically, whether we've experienced people confronting us or not, like, what mm-hmm. would you say, Becky, mm-hmm. would be kind of something about your personality or your style of working that might be incompatible with other people? Like, what do you think is going to cause other people to kind of be annoyed with you or get into conflict with you? <laughs> My style of working. I think of that more than I think of my personality. I think well, exactly, right? Most... Like you have a lovely personality. Um... Oh, thank you. <laughs> Same to you, right? Thank like you. I don't think that we have like I don't think that in general we're difficult people. Like maybe we are particular. Well, maybe I we are say... to some people though, right? Like yeah, totally, totally. I I know that I'm we, not. We are women who have thoughts in our brains, and that's difficult for some people. <laughs> Definitely. Probably. Okay. So if I'm going to say personality, for sure, not everybody's as straightforward. And for sure, not everybody appreciates that. I'm very on top of the things that I need to do, but I still have a tendency to procrastinate. Mm. So I know that's like, 
not everybody's way of working and mm-hmm. I it really depends on what the project is yeah probably those things and what about you Miss Cara kind of opposite of you is I'm not always as direct as I could be <laughs> yes. I think sometimes I don't say things I don't maybe ask questions that perhaps I should be asking because I don't want to like make waves hmm But it's interesting because I feel like people have different ways of communicating and people process things differently. And I'm, you just made me think of this. So at my work, I feel like there's this tendency for a certain group of people in a department. It's like, they don't give you enough context. They just, they think that they, you know what they're talking about already. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, right? And it's interesting because I, I never feel I never feel bad about asking because if anything, I'm like, I feel more frustrated because I feel like they're not giving me enough information. And it tends to be the white males in that department. And it's like, maybe it's like their background or their training. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I agree. I think, well, it comes back to like our positionality in the world and- white men tend like cis white men tend to be very privileged especially in Mm -hmm. very traditional workplaces right so they often are approaching like a project from a point of view where their experience with our society has been one in which their way of thinking has been rewarded and supported as the default and normative way of thinking like white cis guys are used to society living up to their expectations yeah that is so true (laughs) makes me angry (laughs) well yeah i mean but it's just like i was saying right we got to take that anger and then see like how can we use the privilege that we have to work against things like patriarchy and white supremacy in our workplaces yes as oprah says turn your pain into power Oh, okay. That's a good place to leave it. So (laughs) if our listeners would like to send us their favorite Oprah Oprah quote, uh, how can they do that, Becky? We have a Facebook page. We just like to talk. You can also contact us at we just like to talk at gmail.com. And of course, we're available on most podcast platforms. Awesome. Well, thank you for talking to me about this idea of not always getting along with our coworkers and how we deal with it. I hope you feel a little bit more prepared for Monday. I feel angry now. I just want to fight with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 